this is Eric Pingus with Basketball Insiders and Bleacher Report. You're listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We have something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Colbert Duran. You guys know me as Kobe. And today we're talking a little more so rare, but specifically what we're going to go over are three so rare accounts. Myself, I got two other gentlemen with me that are big into so rare and what three things we do to prep ourselves in order to pick a winning roster. What three specific things we go over won't be the same for all of us. We're all going to have our own strategies. But hopefully you find three that work for you so you can build a winning roster as well. And today I've got Terry Harrison with me. Terry, how's it going? Good. Thank you. Uh, You can find me on Terry H on the Discord. Uh, Thank you for having me. Always, buddy. Always. And I also got Noam Tornborg with me for the first time. Noam, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Hello, hello. It's a pleasure to be here. And your Discord? Noam Tor. That's N-O-A-M-T-O-R, Noam Tor. All right. And just so you know, Noam's got a YouTube channel as well. What's your YouTube channel called, Noam? So at my YouTube channel, uh, you can just look for uh, Noam Tornberg, almost the same as my Discord name. And I mainly talk about uh, NBA, SoRare, and Top Shot. Right on. So if you want your basketball knowledge definitely give him a follow. You're going to find information from both of us on YouTube as well as here on the podcast. So let's get right into it with our favorite three things, the top three things we do to prep ourselves to build a roster on So Rare NBA. And I know for a fact that I'm competing at the limited level. I know Terry's competing at the limited level. Noam, are you going beyond limited or just limited for now? Well, I started this week just with the limited, and I'm just going to take it from here, you know, as we go. I'm going to see. Yeah, it's so early on the platform that it's kind of risky to go beyond that. I mean, unless you got money to burn and you want to just throw it on there and see what happens, go ahead. But we were talking before we started this recording, and for instance, right now at the limited level, which is basically a common, there are only nine Pascal Siakam's for sale on the manager side of the market. That shows you how new this is. So values are speculative to say the least. Terry, what are your three things? Okay, my three things for building a lineup, kind of have a strategy in mind in terms of thinking about your budget, your cap. Uh, and that's the first thing that I look at um, is the cap available and using which best players, star players that are really going to be the center of your lineup. My next thing is to look at some type of data source. I personally like fantasy data. Uh, People have their own sources. This allows you just to check one last time who might be injured, who might be sitting out, who might be a game time decision. Uh, So that will affect if you want to continue to play that particular player, or if you want to sit a player, don't forget that uh, So Rare in basketball allows us to choose the best 
result, if the player has more than one game, the best result will be counted. So you don't have to be worried if a player looks like they're going to miss one of the games, then they, you have an opportunity to still get a point, you know, some points from that player. And especially if it's your star player, I wouldn't really sub out a star player if they're going to miss one day because they can come back the next game and have those numbers that you're looking for. And the last, the last thing that I, I look at is since you're playing star players, you're probably going to have a top-heavy fantasy lineup. And so that means you're going to have to really decide on which bottom players in your lineup you're going to need to make that lineup work. Also, you're going to get squeezed out of your middle players, it seems like. The players in the mid-20s seems to be the ones that get squeezed out when you're trying to play 40s and 50s, and then you've got to add a 10 or a 12. It's difficult to get in that 20 to 25. So you may want to configure a lineup, since it's so early in the season, just to look at some of your talent that you're not going to be able to use on a regular basis. I, at this point in time, I wouldn't be so fixed to use the same lineup every single game week. I would really try to become comfortable with your roster and your players, especially when it comes to injuries. And now you're going to have to really turn to some of these guys in a pinch. So those are the kind of things that I would use with an early season lineup uh, that we're talking about at this point in our journey through Surrey NBA. Okay, that makes yeah makes total sense. I understand your strategy from all three perspectives. It actually kind of leads into one of Gnome's strategies, so I'm going to go right to Gnome next. But Gnome specifically, how do you find those diamonds in the rough, those cheap players? Right, good question. So um, do you want me to start with that or just name that? Start, top start with three? that. Start with that because okay. I know that's one of your things. Sure. So basically, which actually relates to one of my top three things, is to look for like a really uh, good potential low buy, meaning it's not just like how many points your player can get, it's how many points he can get compared to what his points cap is. Uh, for example, uh, this specific week, I used uh, Javon Carter and his point, points cap was seven points. And in fantasy points, he got me 34. Wow. So that's like wow. five, five X. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it was my best play probably. So you're not just winning like with your studs. You're also like winning with your uh, low buys. Uh, he, to be honest, I'm not sure there was one player in this week's slate that had 5x besides Javon Carter. There might have been, but he might be like uh, the biggest X guy <laughs> mm -hmm. in terms of that. So basically, um, I look for opportunities. Like the reason I chose Javon Carter is because I know the Bucks are uh, missing two uh, key players in their lineup, which is um, Middleton uh, and Pat Connington. So it makes other role players that usually has lower usage. Uh, it gives them the the option to break out, like players like uh, if we're talking about the Bucks, it could be Javon Carter, it could be uh, Grayson Allen, who also had a great game compared to his points cap. So I just I, I just look for value in terms of uh, you know injuries and what players could have a bigger role in this week's slate and stuff like that. And where are you getting all this information? So usually I, I follow the league like every night uh, as a fan, but I also use uh, Autowire, autowire.com. 
Okay. Uh, you can see all of the daily lineups over there. And there's also like an injury report. Perfect. So that's one. What are your other two? Yeah. So that's a good resource. Um, mm -hmm. So my other two is, is not just to look at uh, the low by studs, is also to just think about like uh, in terms of schedule, like in terms of match matchups. And also like if a team plays twice, then uh, I think Terry alluded to it, then you have a bigger chance that he has a better game because he has two opportunities. So I go by the schedule. I see which teams are playing more than once. And um, also I'm checking like matchups, meaning like, for example, I think the, uh, I think the Pacers played the Nets yesterday, but they also, they're also playing them tomorrow, if I'm not wrong. And uh, as far as I know, last time I checked, I think uh, as far as the defensive rating, then the Nets are dead last in the NBA <laughs> right now. So what I like to do is I look in the schedule. I look for teams who play uh, more than once. And I also try to uh, target uh, like players that are playing like the worst defensive teams on the league. Hmm. So that would be my second one. Okay. Okay. And the third thing I like to do is um, just being used to playing uh, DFS is to find a way to uh, differentiate my lineup. So I'll always try to um, at least out of my five-man lineup to think at least of one player that will have like a really low ownership. Hmm. Because if you, if you only choose like uh, chalky players, then uh, let's say, I think there was around like uh, 5,000 participants this week, right? Yep. In the limited competition. Yeah. Then if you choose uh, chalky players, um, I also, Kobe, I also heard you talking about it on uh, Rumble. Yes. If you only choose chalky players, then I mean you could you can be in the in the money, you can win, but you're probably not gonna be like in the top winnings. Like you're not gonna be in the in the top that gets you like a tier one or a tier two player. Mm -hmm. So I would I would try to think who's like a sneaky play and who would be a low ownership so I can differentiate myself. And one other option to do it is to go the opposite. Is instead of picking someone no one else chooses, it's just to think Who's everyone going to pick this week because he has a, like a really good matchup and just try not to play him to someone else. Okay. No, that, that makes sense. Now, so everyone knows this is Gnome's first week playing. And for most, it's my first week playing in the limited contender competition as well, because this is so new, but Gnome's, how, how is your team doing right now? Oh, it's doing amazing. <laughs> I don't know if it's a uh, beginner's luck or... You know, but um, this is my, like you said, it's my first time in the limited competition and I'm in place 49 right now. Top 50 out of over 5,000. Okay. That's so, great. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, that's ridiculous. So obviously his strategy has some merit, right? And exactly. Is there a player that you felt like was contrarian in that, in that lineup? So I, I assumed Javon Carter will have low ownership because I think like if you don't follow the NBA like tightly and closely, mm -hmm. like a lot of people don't even know who Javon Carter is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like uh, he's a bench player. He, when Milwaukee has like their full lineup, sometimes he doesn't even play for a minute. Uh, so I assume not many people will play him. And. I also, I had Jordan Poole in my lineup. Okay. And I don't know if I consider him to be a sneaky play, 
as far as ownership, but I didn't think like a, a lot of people would get him because uh, also he's a player that comes off the bench. But I liked his upside, so I went with Jordan Poole as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, how do you feel about John Carter this week? Because I have him in my, on my team. I have him. And I'm debating between playing him and Cameron Payne in my cheap spot this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, how much is, uh, I know Javon Carter points cup is at seven points, right? Yes. How much is uh, campaign? Eight. Eight. Okay. So as far as points cup, there's not a big difference. I would say that Javon Carter has just slightly more upside because, um, because of Milwaukee's injuries. Then he's like a lineup player. Like he played, uh, I think, like 30 minutes in their last game. Yeah. It doesn't mean he's going to play 30 minutes in the next games. But campaign usually, if I remember correctly, he plays between 15 to 20 minutes a game. Correct. Yeah. So I think Javon Carter has more upside if you were debating between those two. But I actually, I'd like to give, um, uh, I'd like to give you guys a suggestion on a okay. player I noticed that could be very interesting. Okay. I don't know how many people noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> it's my diamond in the rough. Okay. In fact, I like it so much, I wasn't sure if I should share it. But what Well, here's the thing. This this uh, this episode won't come out until after the roster's locked this week. Oh, okay, okay. Even better. So, yeah. <laughs> so are you guys familiar with the fact that, um, like, at the beginning of the season, um, because it, it does the 10-game average, so if you're a rookie, you had, like, a zero points cap. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, so most of the rookies already played, but I actually, I uh, it was my only purchase today. Uh, are you familiar with, wait, let me see how his name goes exactly. Are you familiar with Ochai Abaji from the Utah Jazz? I am not. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, because uh, he's, um, he, he's a rookie. He was drafted in this last rookie's draft. He was the number, I think he was on the 14th pick. His, uh, his last name is... Uh, A-G-B-A-J-I. Oh, there he is. Okay. 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 Him? Yeah, I found him. So he was he was picked at, at uh, number 14. It was actually picked by the Cavs, but in this uh, Donovan Mitchell trade with Utah, he moved to the Jazz. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. He, he only played his first game, uh, I think, two or three days ago. So he only played twice so far. Yeah. If I go to see his fantasy score... He's still technically a zero. I'm on him right now. Yeah. He's technically a zero, but... I, he's put I up just 10 and 13 so far. Exactly. 10 and 13. But he's a zero. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so he's infinite. So exactly. So, like, even even if he gives you, like, four points, it's four <laughs> points over his cap, you know? That's right. That's right. So there's, there's not much room to lose here. There's only room to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worst, yeah, worst, yeah. Uh, worst case, you're breaking even. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't play, he <laughs> <Yeah>. get even. <laughs> exactly. Good choice. That's a good choice. Yeah, yeah man, thank that's you. smart. That's, a good that's smart. Thanks for sharing that, Noam. Appreciate it, buddy. Of course, of course. So I'm definitely going to play him for one of my lineups tonight. Yeah. I'm not tonight, okay. I mean, uh, in the next competition. BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting. Live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. He's a zero. Oh, he's a zero. He's a yeah. zero. He's a zero. Okay. Yeah. And he hasn't moved. He hasn't moved in the uh, two game weeks at all. So I think the way they do it um, is mm-hmm. that 
For example, only after they start the new competition, they will uh, change his uh, 10-game average because they don't want to create a situation where you buy him now and you pay money for him and then like before the competition starts, all of a sudden it it changes and you can't play him. So I think that would be a disaster. That would be a PR disaster. (laughs) Exactly. That would be, uh, I I love Top Shot, but that would be the kind of thing I would expect Top Shot to do. (laughs) Exactly right. That is true. That is true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you said that and not to, not to change the subject or to cut in your time, but I had a player, if you guys know him, his name is Nick Richards. He's a seven foot center from the Charlotte Hornets and you might know him, Tor. He came out as a two and wow. the first game, he came out as a two, the first game he got a double-double, 19 points and 10 <laughs> rebounds and and got a 21 no, he got more than a 21. I think he got like a 30-something score. And so, uh, make a long story short, you know, he's been having these games coming off the bench because he's the only true big guy for Charlotte. And so he's getting a lot of backup playing time at the center. And now all of a sudden, he shot up to a 12. And when he when I first looked at him, he was like $2.74. Now he's up to 25 bucks. Oh, wow. Shit. Yeah. I hope you bought some one. Good, some, good, <laughs> some, some good flipping opportunity. <laughs> so, to, yeah, to, to summarize, um, I would say the first thing is to go over schedule with uh, wire, mm-hmm. And the second thing is uh, to find like a low buy stud that I, uh, I, I could see like a significant gap between his points cap to the, to the fantasy points he can give me. Yeah, like the example I gave with uh, Javon Carter, or I mean, even if you get uh, this guy from the from the Jazz, this uh, Ochai Abaji, mm-hmm. then even if he gives you like twelve points, that's twelve points over his cap, so that's really good value over there. That's right. Uh, so, so that would be the yeah. second thing, and uh, my my third and last would be the differentiation part that I'm trying to play guys that either I think not many people would choose or. I try to avoid playing uh, the most chalky play so I can differentiate myself. Okay. Okay. So my three, and they're pretty simple, actually. And the first thing is, is like the two of you, I do look at, you know, online resources to figure things out. But what I'm specifically looking at is minutes. So that's a big thing for me when I'm selecting players for my roster is how many minutes are these players getting? Because minutes (laughs) means opportunity right? The more they get, the more chances they have of actually giving you some points on the board. So I'll use ESPN is the one I kind of use the most because no mentioned Rotowire. I'm looking at Rotowire now as well. But basically the most important stat for me, first of all, is minutes. The second thing I look at is the ceiling. And the way I check the ceiling is I click on the player card in SoRare and I look at what's the highest point total they've posted this particular season thus far. And I use that as their ceiling, as this is probably the the best they can do. Now it can go beyond that, of course, but I want to know what have they done already. And I then cross-reference that with the minutes. And provided that the minutes don't go way out of whack, it isn't a situation where this guy normally comes off the bench, but for whatever reason, he started a specific game and played twice as much, and that's why he's got it. 
if it just happens to be his usual amount of minutes, but he had this one spike point total, then I use that as the possible ceiling. So the higher the ceiling, the better, because I want someone who can pop at some point. And then the last thing I look at is the number of games. And that, that factors into both of you as well. And that's, are they going to play one game during the competition period? Are they play two games during the competition period? And that can sway me in, in certain situations if it's really close between a couple of players. So I'm going to go over two potential lineups for the Contender Series this actual week. I'm looking at these two lineups. I'm going to play one of these two lineups. Now, I've already talked about my final decision, which is the whole Cameron Payne versus Javon Carter. And I'm definitely going to lean toward Javon Carter now because not only did Noam suggest him and he's had a great week this past week, but also he has two games versus Payne's one. Uh Okay. Mm -hmm. Then lineup one includes Jared Allen, Clay Thompson, Marcus Morris Sr., and Alex Caruso. And lineup two includes Gary Trent Jr., Isaiah Hartenstein, Clay Thompson, and Marcus Morris Sr. And the biggest difference between lineup one and lineup two, other than the couple of player changes, is that lineup two actually has more games available to those players. Here's my question for you guys, and you can both answer. I'll start with Terry. Is the ceiling value of Jarrett Allen a big enough reason to play him over Gary Trent Jr., who doesn't have as high a ceiling? But Gary Trent Jr. has two games versus Allen's one. Terry? I would play Gary Trent because of the type of player that he is, not necessarily the games. I I go back to Tor's point of three-point shooting. I think Gary Trent Jr. has bigger upside because he can really drain the three-pointers. So... In this particular situation, since we're not comparing the same type of player as the other, I would look at the intangibles that Trent Jr. brings to the court and would lean towards that he's going to have a bigger upside because he's a good, he's a better three-point shooter. Okay. No? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that's a really good point by Terry. Uh, I agree. As you were speaking, I'm trying to, to see the, the matchups. I'm trying to see who the Raptors are playing. And that's another factor. And who the Cavs are playing. I see the Cavs are playing the Celtics, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Raptors, are, their two games are going to be against the Spurs and against the Hawks. So I, I would actually, obviously, there's no uh, way to predict it. But I would lean more to Gary Trent because um, I like the matchups better. And I like the fact that he has two options. Because Boston, as, as you guys uh, probably know, has one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Yeah, they sure do. They sure do. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that Jared Allen wouldn't have a good game, but it it makes it more risky, especially if that's his only game. And I see now the Raptors are playing the Hawks, and I'm I'm not sure on the top of my head where they stand defensive rating, but I don't think they're a very good defensive team. And what I also know is that they're a fast-paced team. So that leaves room for the for a really high scoring game. Yes, it does. I really like it uh, matchup wise better for Gary Trent, mm-hmm. and I like the fact, like Terry said, that he can hit a bunch of three pointers and he, he can go off in specific nights. And also, um, he's not a bad uh, player as far as steals as well. Like uh, I right, have him in right. a lot of my fantasy teams on Yahoo, and some nights uh-huh. he gets like 
it doesn't do it like uh, too often, but some nights he got me like three or four steals a night. So That's I really great. like his, uh, yeah, his uh, ceiling. I would lean more to get a train. All right. Thanks, guy. I'm playing it then. I'm playing. I'm playing roster two. That's going to be my limited yeah, contender this week. Oh, but one thing I just wanted to uh, point out, Kobe, on Marcus Morris Sr. Yep. He's out this week. Personal reasons. He's still staying out? Yeah, he's still staying out. Wait, hold on. I thought he's coming back. Listen, according to uh, I just I just went into uh, Ottawa, and it says that it, sometimes they do mistakes. Uh huh. But it says right now on Ottawa that he's on the lineup for tonight. Okay. Now, yeah, and I've also read that he was still out for personal reasons on Bleacher Report. So, boy, yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure what to believe. Well, we don't. We just it's not locked yet, right? I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to wait as long as I can, because if he plays, I want him in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I thought he would have been back already, uh, because I had played him last week, and he was only supposed to miss one game. Uh, but both, it, it must be pretty serious, because his brother, who plays for the Nets, he's also out because of personal reasons. So I'm not really sure if this is a family situation, but both him and his brother didn't play last, you know, his brother didn't play last night for personal reasons. Their father died. Oh, okay. Oh, their father died. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I don't... I'm hearing one thing, and but I don't know. I can't verify that... Uh, just because um, just because it says on Rotowire is playing tonight, it uh, doesn't mean it's 100%. Maybe in a few hours they will update it and put him out. But for now, he's on the starting five, if I check on Rotowire. So... It's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. What gets me is those game time decisions. The guys at game time decision. That happened to me with Levine. He ended up not playing Friday because he was a game time decision. Him and Embiid actually sat on Friday because they were game time decisions. So it yeah. kind of messed my lineup up that both of them sat and they had have an extra oh, yeah. game, but I'm kind of sweating that they bounce back in that one game they have tonight. I mean, your your lineup is already locked, right? Because like, you, so I'm 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 a bit confused. Are, are you guys, are you guys talk about game week three? I mean, on the NBA for the next game week. Yeah, yeah, that that that's why my confusion. Like, you have time, um, you you have time to know about Marcus Morris because only tomorrow, not only tomorrow, um, you'll need to lock up your uh, your lineups. That's right, right. We got a, we got one one day in five hours. So I mean, I, like I'm gonna I'm gonna leave him in there for as long as I can, and then if, if something comes out definitive that he's not gonna play, then I'll make adjustments, right? But well, you you can um, you you can take tonight as a good indication. I mean, if he plays tonight, then it should be safe for next week. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's but right. If he yeah. doesn't play yeah. tonight, then it's questionable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's a very good point. What are you guys' theory on picking up a player that might uh, just go on the injured list and, and holding that player, uh, possibly uh, picking up somebody that's just recently injured, uh, knowing it's a good player and you can get him at a value, but you may have to hold on to that player for maybe, you know, four weeks? If, if it's a good enough value, I'd do it in a second. Yeah. I, I've got no issue. If I can get a guy cheap and I know he can play off later, I'll do it in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's good value, then it just depends if you're liquid. I mean, if you're liquid and it's good value, I would do it in a second as well. 
Yeah, like the like the two the two highest players I'm going after right now are Trey Young and Jason Tatum. So Jason Tatum, the manager market floor is 120 bucks, and Trey Young it's oh, 100 man. it's 175, and these are limited, wow. right? But let's say one of them gets injured and it goes to half that price, I'd buy it in a second. So you, <laughs> right? you, you know why Trey Young? <laughs> I'd buy it in a second, man. In a second, it literally he gets injured and people are like, "Oh, I want to get rid of my Trey Young." I'll be like, "Fine, I'll, I'll take him." You know, oh, he's out, he's out for two months. No problem. I'm cool with that. He can sit on my bench for two months until he comes back and, and becomes the man again. I'll do it very quickly because again, like don't forget. I think all three of us are in the same boat, but I'm in for the long term. Right. Right. Mm-hmm, for sure. Right. So, I mean, even even a season ending injury, I'd be like, well, how cheap is he? Because I'll, I'll, I'll use him next year. Seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'll, and right. I'll, throw him, right. I'll throw him in my training squad every single week as an injured <laughs> trainer. Right. To boost his, his percentage value. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience, where no sport is left behind.